Hey, I'm Rusty. And I'm Heather. And we're the Bryants, and this is the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. We are here to encourage healthy marriages, strengthen wounded marriages, and begin the process of restoration to broken marriages. We aren't licensed counselors, but we are a redeemed couple that loves the Lord and wants to help you journey through this messy, challenging, and fun part of life called marriage. Welcome back to the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. We are so excited because we have a huge treat for you today. This is uh, this is exciting because we have special guests. And if you followed us for very long, you probably know that we have literally had one guest on our show. And so um, we don't let just anybody jump on here. You got to be special. Yep, got to be special. So, um, and in fact, so special that... We drove almost six hours to do the interview live. We don't do these phone call business. I mean, it's like we're going to go find our guests. But this is this is an incredible episode that we're about to have because uh, this is family, but it's also dear friends. So we'll have with us today John and Kylie White. And John is Heather's cousin, and Kylie is John's wife. So, um, but really more than that, they're just our friends. And we've gotten to be really close to them over the last few years and just wonderful, wonderful people. And they have an amazing story uh, because it's a story of healing. And we talk about healing all the time on our podcast because um, we believe that God is still in the miracle business. And he performs miracles. He performed a miracle in our marriage. And I think back to that marriage intensive when we first got the phone call from uh, the people that run the intensive and the questions that they asked us separately was, are you willing for God to work a miracle in your marriage? And he did. He did that. Um, And so we know we're living proof of that. We know that God heals and works miracles. And he also heals um, physically. And, uh, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. We did a podcast not too long ago about Heather and her healing um, from cancer. And this story that you're going to hear today is just an incredible story of healing. And so welcome. We are so glad that y'all are with us. And we're going to jump right in because uh, we don't need a lot of fluff. We don't need to just, uh, just be talking and chit-chatting. So we're going to just let you guys start talking and then we're going to, we'll interject some stuff. But uh, we're going to let you start, Kylie, and just tell, because um, you got a, a devastating diagnosis um, several years ago. And just kind of tell us about that, what it was, when it was, um, and just kind of how it started you on this journey. Yeah, it was in um, January of 2019. Um, I remember it was actually John who first noticed there were some things not going so well in my vision. And he said, I think you should get your eyes checked. And we kind of laughed about it because it was right before I was turning 35. And we're like, well, I'm in my mid-30s. I guess it's time for glasses. And I'll get them checked if that's what you want me to do. And so I headed to the equivalent of Vision Works to get my glasses um, as I was approaching 35. And um, she... T- took me to the eye chart. She looked at it. Okay. Read it 30 or 2020. You know, you actually have a line better than 2020. And I was like, well, great, but that doesn't explain some of these other things. And she said, let me just do a quick peripheral vision check. And so she said, look at my nose and held up some fingers. And how many fingers am I holding up? And I was like, I don't see your hand. I don't see your arm. I don't see your shoulder. And her eyes got bigger and bigger. She called in doctor after doctor. She rushed me to ultrasound, retinal scans. 
And she came back in that day, January 16th, I'll never forget it, and said, you either have a brain tumor pressing on your optic nerve or you're going blind. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I came in here for glasses. Mm. And I called. I teared up at the checkout. I called John. I said, you're never going to believe what she said. And I remember telling him that day. And then we had to sit with that for a week until Mm. we could get in with a specialist to confirm. And so he was like, well, I'm coming with you to your next appointment. But as we went to that next appointment, she did test after test and came in and looked at John and I and said, well, I'm sorry to tell you, you have retinitis pigmentosa which is a genetic eye disease that causes um, death of your rods and cones cells, which takes your night vision, then your peripheral vision until you have a tunnel and then your tunnel closes into complete blindness. Um, So I remember sitting in that office, you know, our pastor used to say, I hope when life cuts you, you bleed God's word. Mm. And I remember sitting there and as she said that, she started talking and explaining, like, this is a genetic disease. You've had it since birth. But it was like the Lord was shouting over her. What she spoke was news, but he, like, shouted with truth. Like, this is, like, I formed you. I knit you together in your mother's womb. And then she said things like, oh, your future's going to be really challenging. You're going to need a lot of support. And over it, I heard, like, I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you for hope and a future. And so... Um, John looked at me and was like, we're in this together. Like Mm. we're going to, we're in it. Like we're going to do it. And so I just remember thinking I was the saddest actually for him more. So for me is what he was going to lose. Um, and I knew I could handle it. I knew I could deal with it and cope. But I think the saddest thing was like, you didn't sign up for this. Mm. So that was really painful for me. John, when you when you first got this work, well, how, first of all, how long after your first initial visit, and then was it just a week later that they basically said you're gonna go blind? Just a week. Yep, January twenty fourth. And, and did they kind of give you like a time frame and say by this point you're not gonna be able to see anymore? Well, this lady who didn't know a lot of specialty about this specific. Um, genetic disorder said, I think, you know, if I have to guess double how old you are now, and that's probably when you'll go blind. So I was like, oh, 70. Like, that's, yeah. that's fine. That's well, normal. We may all be blind right. by then, you know. <laughs> so I got connected to an RP specialist, and it was about a month later that I got genetic testing done. And she called me, I was in the driveway, and she was like, I've got some bad news. She was like, you actually have the fastest progressing adult Mm. onset form of the disease. And so you'll lose your sight in the next few years. She said probably by the time you're 40. Wow. So John, when you kind of, I guess when the final, like that part of it hit, you know, you had to have had all kinds of stuff going through your mind and trying to be strong for your wife. But I mean, you're in this too. And like Kylie said, I mean, your life's about to be affected in ways that you can't even imagine. So just how did that, how did all that make you feel? Yeah. You know, it was, it was a lot to, to process. I think, um, we're obviously two different people, but God brought us together. And I think that that's, what's really cool about, uh, specifically the story. And, and, uh, for me, uh, I just kind of take one step at a time. For Kylie, she can quickly go down mm, to uh, yeah. several years or decades down. Okay, here's what's going to happen. Mm. So, to be really honest with you, you know, uh, 
her being, you know, being able to see grandkids or anything like that, that never really crossed mm. my mind initially. It was just, okay, what's the next phase? What's the next phase? And for me, it was just, well, God, this is what you have for us. Mm. And I'm your husband and we're in this together mm. and I may have to rearrange, you know, my career or my work, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll make this happen. Yeah. And, uh, and so we'll just take it one step at a time, whatever that looks like. And, uh, so that was the extent I think for me in terms of wanting to be the support, knowing mm-hmm. that, uh, each appointment that we went to, it seemed like there was an unfolding of more information and it was, um, usually bad information. That's, yeah. that's kind of, that was the, the first three or four appointments that we went to. It was worse news mm-hmm. and worse news. And so, um, as hard as, as it was to hear that, I mean, for Kylie, it was a daily process for her and, uh, and she was dealing with it every hour of every day. Yeah. And I think for me, the challenge was just as I supported her, uh, was walking through with that and I had distractions. I could go to mm-hmm. work and I, and it wasn't constantly on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but it was just a reminder of how, uh, can I engage with Kylie and be there to support her? That's, this, this is an amazing story. And I'm actually going to, Heather, you be thinking, because when we flip the, flip the page here and turn the page to the, uh, incredible, when God shows up, I'm going to let you ask, ask the questions because you and Kylie talk like every day. So, you know, a lot more, but, and I've heard all of this, but just hearing it from y'all is incredible because the things that have stood out to me just in this is Kylie, when you said, yeah, well, I heard this this nurse or this doctor, you know, telling me this diagnosis, but even in the midst of that, God was, like, louder, and I could hear God louder. And so, like, I just think about, you know, people that are listening to our um, podcast, and a lot of people find us because their, their marriages are in trouble, um, and that's just the reality. And then, I mean, there's others that just go through things along the way. We all go through things, and it may not be this— traumatic but there's always stuff where bad news just comes bad news happens and like we 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 need to be at that place in our life where the voice of God is just louder than all the other distractions and so that's just incredible I love that part of it and then for John for you to say hey you know I just had to take it one day at a time I mean I'm sort of like that too and I remember Heather's cancer journey that's how kind of how I was it was like well, I mean, this is what we're dealing with. We're going to deal with it right now. We're not going to think about all these other things because from somebody else looking, you know, I'm thinking, man, you know, John had to be worried about, man, I've got to do everything for her now. And, but as husbands, like we also need to be at a point because I got to this point and I know just from hearing you that like that becomes your joy. Like, it's like, this is, that's okay. This is what I'm made for, you know? And so I just think that's amazing. So I'm going to ask one more question, then I'm going to fix it, turn it over to you. But uh, so after, I mean, as months went by, because I know we talked a lot, so I know we knew what was going on, but like you actually started losing more and more of your sight. I mean, you were, you were going blind. Yeah, actually at time of diagnosis, I had already lost 58% of my sight. 
So she was just like, the brain makes up for what you don't have amazingly. And so I had lost 58%. And it was, it was a, every appointment was more and more and more. And then symptoms and side effects and all these things. That's what he was meaning by worse and worse news. And so I was at the point of learning voice capabilities with phone. I was learning how to use a cane. We have four kids at the time that were in elementary and middle school. And so driving was my main job. I knew I had one year left with my license, but at that time I had to give up driving at night and then the rain. So John immediately stepped in. It was winter. The sun was setting at 5 p.m. and kids had sports. And so John jumped in in such a way, and what he humbly did not share was, I remember early on in the diagnosis, he got offered a job, and it was 40% travel, and it was a great job, and he turned it down, and he said, I can't take a job where I travel. Like, I am needed at the home, and this is a phase I can't get back with my kids and with my wife, and I need to be here to support. So it was There was a day-by-day mentality for John, but there was also Mm -hmm. sacrifice. Mm -hmm. There was also joining me in the sadness. And, you know, he was like, this cane is hard to use. I'm trying to learn how to use it. (laughs) So there was a joining there, too. And I wanted to hike all these things. So he was like, we're going. You know, 2019, we hiked Machu Picchu and Grand Canyon. And Mm. so there was a camaraderie of like, we're in this together. This is not you suffering silently. Mm, That's awesome. You know, one of the things I love about what y'all are saying Mm. is um, for Kylie, she's saying, you know, I heard you say that God knit you together um, in your mother's womb, knowing that you were going to journey Mm. through this. But because I've been on this side of God healing our marriage, one of my favorite things to look at is that I believe with everything in me that God knit John together mm-hmm. in his mother's womb, knowing he would walk beside you That's right. in this. And so God fully prepared him mm-hmm. to walk along beside you in this. And so it doesn't surprise me that he would give up a job or come get your children and, you know, be ready to do all of those things because God prepared his heart for that. And I think that, um, that so many times we get focused in on, um, especially in our marriage, what we are going through. Um, but to be able to hear, um, just ways that God uses our spouses, spouses to encourage us and to walk alongside us um, is just really powerful. Okay. I mean, that's good stuff, but I'm ready to get to the good stuff. So, um, so Heather, why don't you take over here and just, you know, ask, um, ask the questions that get us to uh, the amazing part of the story. Sure. So I think the whole story is amazing, by the way, but I will ask you for this. Um, Did you ever, like, did in our talking, um, I just remember that there was a point that you said, why haven't I been asking for healing? Mm -hmm. It was more of a, this is what God has given me. This is my journey that I'm walking. And, And the amazing part that I remember every time I listened to your heart overflowing was I want him to be glorified in this and and him you wanting him to be glorified um if you did go blind Mm -hmm. in everything around you wanted him to get the glory and and that's so powerful to be able to say even in my suffering I I want him to receive glory so but then you but then you shifted Mm -hmm. tell us about that 
Yeah, I actually had a mentor ask me the question first. And I told, I was telling her about my diagnosis and she said, what, she actually said, what is your theological backing for not asking for healing? And I was like, well, that's a new question. At that point, I hadn't. I had just accepted and moved on and wanted to walk through it with purpose and peace. And like you said, I was like, if somebody comes to Christ, I'll go blind a thousand times over. Just don't waste a drop. And, um, but when she asked me that, I, I scrambled to a couple verses, but one in particular that had been my anchor at that point for two years when I had had it for two years that I knew of. And it was John 9, the story of the blind man, when the disciples say, is it his sin or his parents' sin that he's gone blind? Because we always want to blame our our illness on someone. Is it me? Is it punishment? Is it God inflicting? You know, and Jesus said, neither. It's so that the work of God might be displayed in him. And I told her how that had been an anchor verse for me and how that was my purpose, like Mark in the sand. And she said, while that's true, you've taken it out of context because he's healed two verses later. And I just want you to read Matthew through Acts and ask the Lord each healing account, why am I not asking? Hmm. And so as that journey began, first off, I had read those books a million times, but it was like reading it with new eyes. God opened my eyes to the Holy Spirit. God opened my eyes so that I was still looking at him with a punishment mindset. So many things he just unraveled off of just lies I had believed. But I think as it got down to the healing aspect, it was really that I didn't want to introduce disappointment into my relationship with Mm. God, because I'd rather accept and walk forward in peace and know there was purpose rather than dangle risk into Mm. my faith of Mm. it could be a no. And that's a scary thing rather than I'll just take blindness and, and not introduce that potential disappointment that the Lord could give if I felt he said no. And so as we worked through that, it was just like, do I not trust this in God's hands? Why am I trying to hold the outcome? Why am I trying to tighten my grip and manage it rather than if it's a no, I'll still go blind and I've already accepted that. So I'd rather risk and walk out in faith than take the safe road and miss Maybe not even what God had for me in terms of healing, but what God had for me in terms of relationship. And each time I read at that healing account, I would feel God whisper like, just ask, you're my daughter. Don't worry about the outcome. That's on me. But I just want to draw you closer. And that's where this leads. Right, right. Um, One of the things I heard you say is that you had just not asked. And as I think about couples, um, or individuals that are listening to our podcast right now who are who are really crying out to God for their marriage. Um, you know, I wonder how many of us don't ask, and so therefore we don't have. Mm-hmm. Like, that we just have to say, God, I want you to heal my marriage. Mm-hmm. I want you, and, and trusting and knowing that he can do that. That's right. Yeah. And I think when you look at your marriage, your illness, your children with physical sight, like my doctor's telling me there's no hope. My doctor's telling me four years left. My doctor's telling me it's getting worse every time. Mm -hmm. So when you look with physical sight, there is, 
there looked like no hope. So That's why right. ask? And you're looking at the circumstances right. around you. And, you know, you're looking at doctor's appointments and exams. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've seen charts of your of your eyes mm-hmm. and what that looked like and the loss that you um, were experiencing. And people can look at the circumstances mm-hmm. around them um, that are going to look very different than what you're talking about. But um, but when you keep your eyes on your circumstances, right. you feel like you're going to drown. So, so where do we shift our sight? Where do we, where do we have to put our hope? Yeah, that was the big shift for me in these early months of 21 was, okay, I can't look at this with physical sight anymore. The enemy wants to keep us narrowed in just like RP does. It takes your peripheral vision and you are narrowed in like you're looking through a toilet paper tube. Right. And that's what he does. He's like, just look at the circumstance. Look how overwhelming it is. Look at the outcomes. Like, you know, with our kids or anything, it says like, well, the world would say this causes X, Y, and Z. And you just don't think to ask. But but God operates differently. And that's how I saw him show up as I reread Matthew through Acts. I'm like, but wait, I'm not acting like I believe the God of Acts. My life is not looking like resurrection power and that I am putting my full weight in that. And I'm not asking God for kingdom sight. Rather, I'm using my physical sight and what's depleted and left of it to look at my circumstance. And so it was this unveiling of my eyes to see God for who he is, for who I am in relation to him. And so it was really a spiritual awakening or a revival in my heart to see God for more and to because I see him bringing the kingdom come Jesus didn't just heal it was his nature to heal mm-hmm. he healed every time except for one um, that people he said I, I left the town because of the unbelief there mm-hmm. and as I read that I thought I don't want that to be me that's right I don't want the, I don't want to be that town mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so you are in this um, amazing spot where all of a sudden you hear God say, ask me for healing. And and it wasn't just a moment. Like this are, these are months mm-hmm. that you're churning through. What does that look like? What does it mean? And really seeking God. So how did the next phase happen? Yeah, um, it really was like a, a process. I would say, I can't ask, Lord. I can't ask you for this. Sometimes because I didn't think he would do it for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to the point of believing he could do it, mm-hmm. which I had to really put my money where my mouth was on that even. But then it was, well, why would he do it for me? And then believing that he loved me enough that he would offer that. And so, you know, I remember going to Bible study. It was our last session. And I remember Again, he brought it to the surface, just ask. And I was like, okay, at this point, it's disobedience. I've got to ask. And I like reluctantly, shakily prayed and said, God, I believe you can heal my eyes. I know you would do it for me. But just because I'm your daughter, not because I've earned it, nothing. You've given that as a gift. You've already healed my soul and given me salvation. And this would just be another expression of your character. So I'm asking you to restore my sight give back what's been taken by the enemy and intended for my downfall. You use it. You redeem it. And and for how long I built up to praying that prayer, I actually kind of forgot about it as soon as I uttered it and went back to worshiping in the car and walked into Bible study. And the lesson was on the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. how she explained the word 
for power is dynamo in Greek and how when dynamite goes off, nothing is the same. And how, why do our lives not look like that so often? Why are we not accessing the full power, resurrection power of the Holy Spirit that is indwelt in us? And I remember as she closed the lesson, she looked at me and said, Kylie, I'm feeling prompted to pray for you. Now, I had never met this woman before because we had been watching the videos, watching it on Zoom. Um, And so it was the final session. She was like, we're doing it in person. So I had never met her before. She didn't know anything about my condition. And she said, I'm feeling prompted to pray for you. And so the other women gathered around, laid their hands on my shoulders. She said, I I am just praying for you to see the Holy Spirit with new eyes, that you would have, know that you have full access to the power that is inside of you and went on and on. And then at the end, somebody else mentioned, and God, will you heal her sight? She actually paused and said, wait, do you have a condition? And I told her about it and she kept, went back to praying again and so prayed, God, heal her sight. She laid her hands on my eyes. We opened her eyes. Amen. She said, do you see any different? <laughs> and I was like, no, I actually don't. Right. I can only see to hear. And I put my hands up near my cheeks because that was the extent of my vision. And I said, no, I only see to hear. And she looked at me with extreme boldness and said, then I don't think we're done praying. And as she looked at me, her eyes were open, my eyes were open. She put one hand on her left hand, my left hand, one hand on my right hand, and she began to push my eyes into my, or my hands into my peripheral vision. And as she prayed and we looked at each other, the room immediately enlarged. There was light and color and clarity, almost rushing like a wave on the other side of my hands as she pushed until my hands were over my shoulders and I had full vision instantly healed. Wow. Mm. That's amazing. Sorry. I kind of lost my words there for a minute. I was engulfed in your story. Um, I like praise God. I mean, he is so big and I think that we get so um, caught up sometimes in the miracles of the Bible Mm -hmm. that we don't think that it's still the same God who does those miracles um, today. And so, like, I'm just so thankful for your story um, and for what God did through that. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, Your testimony is powerful. Um, John, what what were you thinking during all this that, you know, she talked a lot about what her heart had to go through and I'm sure she didn't do that in silence. I'm sure she, you know, discussed, um, that with you. And then as she talks about, um, her healing, like just talk us through a little bit of that. Yeah. So through this journey of just her, just, um, digging deep and really doing the hard work, uh, spiritually, um, there were certainly moments where it's like, okay, that's, that's a little intense. And, uh, and man, I'm such a spiritual baby here, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and but it was like, okay, like, you know, this is, let's go, you know? And it's like, okay, I'll just, I'll just take the leftovers of what she's learning. <laughs> so like, you know, she would come home from, from Bible study and share and, and I would get stuck usually in the first, you know, two sentences of what she shared. And then she continues to share, like, are you listening to me? You know, like, like I'm stuck back over here <laughs> where you first started. But um, so having a, a, what I say is like a front row seat to this yeah. was uh, was humbling for me. And when 
when she was healed, she, she called me, and, and both times when she got her, when she first went to the, the eye doctor and when she was healed, I was at work both times, which is not surprising. You know, we spent a lot of time at work. So, um, but both times I was in a meeting, and uh, we had this thing, okay, if you call twice, like, answer. So I excused myself from the meeting, when, uh, and, uh, and, and so she's like, John, like, you know, she's, I knew she was at Bible study and, and she's like, I was, you know, I can see. And my first, my first thought, and I think I even said, are, are you sure? Like, do you, do you see everything? And, and as, as soon as I said those words, all these memories started going back through my head of how, uh, I was sarcastic about characters in the Bible, like, are you kidding me? You're with Jesus, and you're wondering, did this happen? <laughs> and here I am doing the same thing, you know? Yeah. Are you sure this happened? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, so it's a few-minute conversation, and uh, and I was obviously distracted for the rest of the day, and, and as soon as I could finish that meeting, uh, was, you know, called her back to go, okay, like, Okay, so tell me, t- like, you know, and then when we saw each other, then I would do all the normal things. Usually, you know, I could be next to her and, and in the car <laughs> as we're driving, right? And she normally wouldn't be able to see me. So we were driving, and I would just, like, look over and stick my tongue out. And then <laughs> and she's like, I see you. I was like, oh, okay, like, this, is, really this is real. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Okay, so obviously at this point, you're like, um, I can see, I know that I can see, I know that I've been healed, but then, I mean, I'm assuming you have to go to a doctor and the doctor says, yeah, you, you can see. So how did that happen? Yeah. My first thought was, I, I want to go see what the doctor says and not in a, did this really happen? I knew I saw different. I'm talking like at this point I had lost 75% of my sight. I knew it was different, but I wondered, is just my physical, my experience different, but did God actually resurrect dead cells? Like, is it going to show up on a scan? So I remember we were in Atlanta now at this time and my doctor was still back in North Carolina and he couldn't get me in for two months. And I was like calling everybody. Can somebody just get me in for a retinal scan so I can see what happened? And uncoincidentally, on Good Friday, I squeezed, a guy got me in uh, during a cancellation, and he was rushed, and he came in and said, I'm not sure why you're here, because your chart says you were diagnosed with RP, but I'm looking at your scans from today, and these are not congruent with anyone with RP. There is no evident cell death on this scan. Oh, my goodness. And on Good Friday, Mm. this man is declaring that death was reversed in my eyes. Cells resurrected, like... Like you're saying, I knew God can do this. I, we read it in the Bible, but we're talking what a doctor said will never be healed, will never be restored, is resurrected. Mm. And then going to my Duke doctor, you know, just a month and a half later, and every scan, he was like, let me do another scan. Let me do another scan. <laughs> every scan. I mean, he was like, your retina thickened. He said he actually used the word regenerated. He said, mm. do you understand this is a degenerative disease? but your retina has regenerated seven times its thickness. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, uh, I, I mean, I could, I could sit here and do this forever. Um, the thing that I just keep thinking about are, are the people that listen to this. And, like, 
if you don't believe that God can heal whatever is happening in your marriage, in your life, your child's life, in your own life physically, you need to rewind this and just listen to it on repeat over and over because we have a God that is still performing miracles. The thing that I keep going back to, though, is you actually, like, your heart had to get to a place where the relationship was really what God was after. And I think that so many of us, you asked the question, Heather, when you said, you know, there's people out there, you said there's people out there that they don't they don't ask, but there are also a lot of people that are asking, but they don't even really know why they're asking or what they're doing. It's just like, I'm so mad at you, God, fix this, mm-hmm. you know? But that was never your story, which I think is really important because your story was never... I'm so mad at you, God. I can't believe you would do this. Fix this because I'm your child. It was it was an immediate, hey, whatever happens, happens. I'm going to praise you no matter what. And then as you grew in your relationship and that strengthened, because that's what God was after, and then that happened, and then it became, okay, well, I should ask because that's what he's telling me to do. But I don't know that you would have ever heard that if the relationship hadn't have grown the way. So all that to say, we we say this all the time in our podcast, is that it's it's about people's personal relationship. And when that starts healing, then all these other things can heal as well. And so, okay, I could, we could talk forever, but I'm going to give you the last word. So just, I mean... Anything that you want to say as we close this out, um, whether it's about what what you've talked about, what you're going through, or just something that some of our listeners may be going through, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to you to say the last words. Okay. Yeah, I think for me, looking back, the better gift was the relationship. The better gift was this, was the spiritual sight, and sometimes I even. The, the physical healing to me is minimized in light of the spiritual healing that Isaiah 61, that releasing from darkness the prisoners and setting the captives free. Like he came for our salvation, yes, but he came for our freedom. He came for us to not live in bondage because you can be saved and still live in bondage. And it was that journey of freedom and journey of closeness that this diagnosis was an invitation to a depth that I could not have reached without it. And so as I look back now, almost coming up on one year since my healing, that was the sweet place of, I know God so closely in suffering that I'm not scared of suffering anymore, that that, I don't like it, but that was the gift. That was a place I couldn't get to without it. And then he's allowing me to take this healing and take seeing his power and take seeing him move and take seeing our relationship and overlay it as more trials come. We're in the middle of another storm and it's like, okay, overlay this, not an immediate fix and not God just give me this, but God, I know you're good even when things are not. Help me to look at this with spiritual sight. Help me to not get trapped in the physical anxiety of it. Help me to expect you to move because that's who you are. It may not look how I pray, It may not look how I think I would do it, but I know it's going to be good, and I know it's going to be for his glory. And God would have still been good if his answer was no. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the future holds for my sight. I don't know what he has, but I know I trust him, and I know that I'm going to find him faithful in the middle of it. And so it's kind of like 
well, come what may, like, you know, the disciples that are like, well, where else would we go? I there's nowhere else for me, so. Oh, my goodness, this is incredible, and I don't even want to fumble around and mess up what just happened because I don't even have any more words, but this has been amazing, and we love y'all. We love your testimony. We love both of y'all's testimony through this. It's incredible, and so I hope that you as a listener have gotten uh, just some inspiration from this, and you know that God is still in the business of healing, and so cry out to Him this week, whatever your circumstances may be. Um, that he wants to hear from you and he wants to heal. So thank you for listening and we will see you guys next week.